I think there are just some people that are that are born dumber than others, and those are the <laughs> ones that feel like they should take risks. Sixty to seventy percent of the people that tasted those sodas preferred Pepsi, the taste of Pepsi over Coke. I learned how to clean carpet the day before I did my first job. People really do hire on emotion. We buy products that we like, and we we hire people that we know, like, and trust. We're rolling. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Cool. Thanks for having me. Before we dive into all of that, uh, yeah. feel free to introduce yourself, what you got going on, all of that good stuff. Cool. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So I'm Jeff with Pitch Fifty Nine. Um, just a little personal. I've, my wife and I have six kids. I'm originally a farm boy from Idaho, um, <laughs> and then went to Ricks College, and then BYU Idaho, and then uh, oh, nice. <laughs> did door-to-door sales for several years. And then I started up my own carpet cleaning company and bought out two other cleaning companies after that. And then had an idea in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of 2018, to solve a big problem that we had as small business owners. And um, that's where Pitch 59 was born. And that's what I do today. So That's cool. Hey, um, real quick, I just had a question. I mean, I know we're going to dive in. We got a lot of time. But what, you know, you bought um, two cleaning companies and we had talked about this before what was that experience like like how did you know when your company was ready to start acquiring other cleaning companies good question um we the truth the honest answer is we weren't ready to buy our first company um probably even the second one either but um at some point you just got to take a leap of faith and and try things out i mean even if we lose money it's it's an experience and we'll learn from it but um the first company that we bought was actually my brother's company and okay. he was interested in selling out his cleaning company in Fresno, California. And after we did some numbers and I got, I got my manager from Rexburg to move down to Fresno to, to run that one. Um, that one went awesome. Like we put, I think it cost us 30,000 down to buy that company. Oh. And then uh, within the first 12 months, we'd already made 80,000 in profit back from it. And it was great. And so we thought, well, let's just keep doing that. Let's go buy out companies, get SBA loans on them, and put down kind of a minimal amount. And then, yeah. anyway, uh, long story <laughs> short, the one in Houston did not work out as we had hoped. We ended up losing a lot of money on that one. But <laughs> Well, and that's kind of the idea behind, like, I, I guess there's downsides to every kind of venture into entrepreneurship. Like, whether you start your own, we've all had that story where you started and it doesn't go as planned. But it can also happen on the flip side with buying a company. Sure. Sure. That's crazy. That's yeah. cool though. I've always been interested with that. Uh, you know, b- like I think, um, Walker Dibble wrote a book called buy then build. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I've always been fascinated with that kind of like, uh, you know, path. So I love that. Well, well now let's yeah. get into pitch 59 because now you've, um, you know, you've kind of given us your short little backstory, but let me ask you this. You, you were with your cleaning company and this is what I like to ask a, a lot of my guests who come on. You're with your cleaning company. You're with, um, in, in solar set or excuse me, door to door sales. Yeah. Um, and now pitch and now pitch 59. Did you, I mean, was that entrepreneurial spirit always there with you? Or, or yeah. was it something developed? I think or? there are just some people that are that are born dumber than others, and those are the <laughs> ones that feel like they should take risks. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, anyway, so yeah, I've, I've my dad was a, a real estate broker growing up, and I always appreciated that he owned his own business and mm-hmm. and that he could kind of work his own schedule and and, and I mean his his uh, input was directly uh, in association with his output, and so. 
Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, I always was interested. <laughs> I like that though, but it's a good, but it's a good way to like get into get into business. Like, what kept you? What what made you move from? Because sales can be pretty lucrative. Like, I've been in sales yeah. my entire career, started yeah. things on the side. But like, what made you decide? Like, I'm gonna not sell anymore, and I'm gonna start a cleaning business. Because those are two different things. I like the idea of like you know the cleaning businesses, like AKA like boring businesses, right? Yeah. But like. So, so what was that like for you? Yeah, so I was selling pest control in Southern California, and one day I saw a carpet cleaning truck cleaning a carpet at uh, the apartments that we lived at. And I'm like, I went and talked to the technician there and watched what he was doing. I'm like, that's kind of cool, uh, the way that you guys are doing that. And then I asked him some of the details, and I'm like, you know what, there's a bunch of apartment complexes in Rexburg. I'll bet you I could go, go door-to-door and sell carpet cleaning services there. And so... Ended up uh, buying our, our first carpet cleaning van. I got a used van, a 2001 GMC, and um, we got a loan for 25000 to buy the equipment to put in it. And then I I learned how to clean carpet the day before I did my first job. So, I don't know Dude, if that's the that... best way to do it, but um, anyway, I had a friend that had gone through classes with yeah. me, some carpet cleaning classes, and he let me carpet come. Carpet cleaning and- classes? Yeah, they have yeah, it's through the IICRC. It's they'll, they'll do cleaning instruction and training and stuff for. Uh, oh, okay. They don't really teach you how to clean. They just teach you about cleaning, like the properties. Oh, and the okay. And stuff. And anyway, that so makes I, sense. I okay, cool. Carpet clean the day before I did my first job. <laughs> I, I feel bad for that lady that I did. It, it wasn't the greatest cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> but you got better as you went through time. I'm sure. Got better, and I gave her a good deal on it. So. It was <laughs> That's cool. And how long did the cleaning business last? Uh, third, well, we sold off the last of our cleaning companies in uh, 2020, so about 13 years. Well, that's crazy. So uh, the, towards the end of the cleaning, then I'm assuming you it was a lot more hands-off, or were you still pretty hands-on yeah. with the cleaning? No, I had awesome managers that were running my company. In fact, I work with a couple of those guys that I worked with in my cleaning companies. They're with, me, with Pitch 59 now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I had some awesome people surrounding me and the cleaning companies and uh, I, the, the reason that we started Pitch 59 is we had purchased this cleaning and restoration company in Houston. I'm not going to go into details because it takes too <laughs> long, but we ended up losing a lot of money on that company. And at the end, I was trying to figure out how to stop those losses that we were taking and bump up with the cleaning side of our company um, because I couldn't control a lot of the restoration stuff that was going on. And oh, yeah. um, anyway, we were spending a lot of money on Google and Yelp and Home Advisor and Thumbtack and Angie's List. And the more I was spending on it, the more frustrated I became by it because the, the margins were just not there. It was just super frustrating. We have to do that because that's how companies compete. But it's a terrible experience for consumers. They're getting a biased list of the companies that pay the most to get up to the top rather than yeah. companies that are actually legit and good. And, um, I mean, I would have put our small business services up against any large business services. And <laughs> I guarantee you we have better service, like better customer service, better, better quality, better everything. But we can't compete with them on on a dollar for dollar basis, and so we end up losing a lot of those clients. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah long story short, I we had an experience, and I realized that I wish that I could go to back to the door to door sales approach, where I could talk to people in in person for just a minute and let them know who we are and what's unique and different about our service. And then we made that kind of an online thing with Pitch Fifty Nine, where people can come up and pitch each other. Yeah. And that kind of all started, I I love the, that you saw this. Um, and I think it's a cool part of the story that, um, you were going on Angie's list and home advisor and thumbtack and you said it was just a poor customer experience. Um, can you tell, tell me more like it just from your, I mean, in your opinion, tell me more about that. 
Yeah. I mean, if, if you're a consumer, what you're getting is a biased list of the companies that pay the company pay that marketing platform the most. So okay. if you're if you're spending money on on Google, you're spending money on SEO and on pay per click and on their Google guaranteed programs and stuff to get up to the top. That's what everybody does to try and compete. And yeah. so Google is collecting all this cash and they're saying, hey, these are the companies that you should hire by putting them up at the top because we're all subconsciously biased the lower on the list we go, right? Yeah, of and course. So, and so these companies, these small businesses, like we were sometimes on the second and third pages. Sometimes we'd be up on the first page up in the top, but it just depended what the algorithms were <laughs> and everything. And then we'd get kicked off. And Anyway, it was just a crazy, uh, frustrating experience as a small business owner trying to make a decent margin off of these jobs that we were getting and trying to get up ranked in the top and always being uh, adapting and changing. I mean, big companies can afford to pay those kinds of fees and those those yeah. things to those companies. Small business yeah. owners can't, and they're oftentimes the ones that get hurt the most. And so we wanted to create something to help small business owners. And that's how Pitch 59 came up. You said it was, you kind of took your door-to-door approach and you put it in into like your video platform. Well, I just, I just knew that like, so when I was doing door-to-door sales, all I had was a clipboard and a t-shirt with me. When I was marketing <laughs> online, I had 255 star reviews, a great website, great pictures, sales, discounts, and everything. Yet those people that hired me most often were the people that knew me in person or they got to know me through a quick like introduction. And so I was thinking, I wish that there was a way that I could take that door-to-door sales experience and put it online. And that's where Pitch 59 was, was born. And just letting everybody come to life and pitch themselves and what they do and who they are on a networkable pitch card uh, for 59 seconds. Every pitch is 59 seconds or less on Pitch 59. Yeah. And what? why did you pick 59 seconds? Well, we, we tried 30 seconds at the beginning, but found that it was That's too tough. short. It was, it was too <laughs> tough to get out a decent message for in 30 seconds. But anything over a minute was just too long. People didn't want to pay attention. And so we decided to make it unique and cap it at one second less and call the pitch 59. <laughs> well, it's true. Like the 30 second pitch is tough. It's like yeah. at that point, at that point, what do you want me to do, man? <laughs> yeah. You don't really get to know them very much yeah. in 30 seconds. One minute is sufficient yeah. to actually get to know their personality and, and potential and stuff. That, that makes sense. That's fair. So when you're going through this, what was the, I mean, and you kind of explained it so far, but I, I'd love to know, just kind of dig a little deeper into the thesis behind, like, why you thought that, you know, getting, you know, face to face, because it, I mean, it makes sense, right? For the people who are like, well, obviously, if you can talk to somebody, I mean, that's the idea of sales, right? If you yeah. can talk, if I can get in, in front of somebody, like I, my chances of, of winning that deal go up substantially, right? Yeah. But, um, but it's like getting face to face is so tough. And so yeah. that's kind of, I mean, was that where it came from? Or like, is that the problem you're trying to solve? Or tell me more about that? Yeah, I just knew that it's really tough. It, it, like, before, me being able to pitch people depended on them seeing my Facebook advertisement. If, if I did a video and put it on Facebook and then it was gone after a couple of days because it, like it's in, it's in the past. And yeah. so um, like I didn't have a way to like let other people refer me as a human being instead of just my name and my phone number and my contact information. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have a way to stand out to people that were searching online for services. And so I thought, it would be awesome if there was just this pat- platform that was completely unbiased that allowed everybody to come to life and pitch for 59 seconds. And going back a little bit more into the psychology of this, like people really do hire people that they know, like, and trust. When I was a door-to-door sales rep, the reason that people hired our company was not because of the name on my shirt. Like we were a no name, like people didn't know the brand, but they were hiring me as a representative of that company. Mm-hmm. When you go onto Google or Yelp or Home Advisor, 
you're looking, all you're looking at is a logo and, and their star ratings. And everybody has a five star rating nowadays because of reputation management companies. And like, there's, you can, you can buy your <laughs> ratings and reputation now. But um, anyway, I was just thinking like online, there is no way for them to even know the people that they're hiring. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish there were at least a good, honest way to compare like pitches and compare these people. And because yeah. they're, when they hire a company, they're getting people. And so I thought I wish there was a way that these people could come to life and introduce themselves and and speak. Let them speak. Yeah, interesting. Interesting that you bring up the like the reviews and like reputation management because um, I think didn't Amazon? I don't know if it was a lawsuit that they just went through or maybe just some maybe just a big problem that they had, but like a ton of fake reviews. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really hard to control that because nobody. One of the reasons is because they allow for anonymous reviews on these platforms, and so you can go onto Google Mm -hmm. and if you just enter in your email or whatever, or I don't even know if you if it requires an email, but you can rate any company, and so there's there's very little accountability there, and so on Pitch Fifty Nine, whenever you leave a testimonial for any company, you have to do it in person up to twenty nine seconds on through video. So oh. you have to show your pretty face. So when you, everybody's pitch cards has a <laughs> testimonials there. And when you tap on that, there are no written anonymous reviews. Every review or testimonial is in person. Do you feel like, um, then that, I mean, do you feel like that leaves room then for like two star, one star, like honest reviews, if you have to put your face to it? I mean, I, cause I kind of feel yeah. like at that point, then it's maybe like all you get is five stars, but I mean, I see the value of like, in person, right? Like I understand that, yeah. Um, but I'm and just curious about the feed. We're still finding that out. Um, I think in okay. general you're going to have less negative reviews because people have to show their face. Sure. But on the other hand, people are actually more honest and and like you can tell from their body language if they're being <laughs> real. Like when yeah, somebody when you read a Google <laughs> review that's a one star and they're like, I hate everything about this company. They suck <laughs> and they're terrible. And then you see who the person is and it's this sweet old grandma or something like that. You're like, come on, like. Did you really write that? Text doesn't convey emotion. Yeah. And so, and, and when you're, when you're at, like when everything is anonymous and everything is text, you just, you don't really know what people really think or feel about a specific company. And so people can come on and say, look, I I really like this company, but you can tell by the way that they talk that they really didn't like that company. And Mm. so you're just going to get a lot more legit feeling from customers or or testimonials. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. But also like it's it's also worth it. I think I think there's still value in reviews even if, you know, they're all five stars because you yeah. just get different perspectives. So, right. yeah, I wasn't trying to come at you with with that question with anything other than like genuine curiosity, right? Right. And we we know that people the companies are going to get less reviews on Pitch 59 because everybody has to do it in person. It's just a little less comfortable. On the yeah. other hand, you're going to know that everything on Pitch 59 is human and real. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And, and then you think of like the bad reviews, right? Like I, that's, I don't know. That's why I really don't like Yelp that much. Yeah. Uh, Yelp's not my favorite. Google reviews aren't really my yeah. favorite. Cause you know what I mean? Like I think we're all biased to look for the bad reviews. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of what I felt like. Not only that. I mean, if you look at Yelp, they've been sued for extortion. I don't know how many times because oh if, if you get you bad serious? reviews, yeah, they'll, if you stop paying Yelp, they'll put your, well, I, I, sh- I need to be careful about this, but yeah. the rumor is that they would put your bad reviews up at the top so that that's what customers would see first. And then they'd also drop your listing, your free listing down or your, uh, whatever you're listing on their platform. And Yelp, I, as small business owners, we had a lot of issues with Yelp. 
Yeah. Uh, and it was terribly frustrating. In fact, one of my experiences was um, I was, uh, we had signed up with Yelp down in, in Texas and their minimum package was 400 bucks a month. And so we signed the contract with them and started it for three months. And anyway, um, after three months, we'd gotten a total of one call from that from that platform from from Yelp uh, down there. Yeah. And we'd spent 1200 bucks on it. And anyway, I called them to cancel and I'm like, hey, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they said, she said, let me give me give me just a minute here. And she goes, she comes back on the phone a minute later and she goes, hey, it looks like if we double your budget, then you can expect somewhere between 20 and 50 calls or whatever it was uh, per month. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So spending $400 a month wasn't sufficient to see that we were just going to get one call out of those three months. <laughs> now we have to double that to test. I'm like, you guys are a joke. This is terrible. So yeah. anyway, I had, I, yeah. I had to different platforms. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just a bad salesperson at that point too, right? Like that's a bad sales process. You can't say that. <laughs> I, I don't care how many times you multiply zero, it's still zero. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and like, that's just cringy too. You're just like, dude, you got to do uh, in my mind as like a sales trainer. I'm like, I'm always thinking like, man, you got to do better than that, homie. Yeah. You can't just yeah. tell me yeah. that. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's really cool. And that makes sense. Right. So, um, how does pitch 59 work? So we do these things called pitch cards. It's, it's essentially, you can look at it as a digital business card, but on every pitch card, there's a 59 second elevator pitch with their video reviews. If you go to pitch59.com to check it out, you can you can check it out and see what the pitch cards are. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you'll also start to see them floating around a lot more often now because people are starting to use pitch cards and universities are asking all their students to create pitch cards. And anyway, it's uh-huh. essentially a digital business card that allows you to come to life and pitch people for 59 seconds with all of your relevant information on there. And then um, the way that it's used is a networking tool. So I can send my pitch card to you. You don't have to have the app. You don't have to have a Pitch59 account or anything. It'll pop up on your screen. It'll be perfectly functional from the very first time. And then you can share my pitch card out or introduce me to other people just right there by tapping share. And wherever you send it, I get to come to life and pitch them. So that's, oh, that's, cool. that's the basic premise of Pitch59. Yeah. And so who do you see using this the most? Well, early adoption, we've seen that realtors and insurance and uh, in the professional space, realtors and insurance and uh, like mortgage officers, and they're eating it up. It's a really good way for them to stand out from the competition. Yeah, um, yeah. But like sales organizations, anybody that does sales, like you should check look into Pitch 59. We're working <laughs> with several different solar companies and, and pest control companies right now and um, getting them going. It's it's an awesome platform if you're a door-to-door salesman because then you can turn every <laughs> every one of your customers or every one of your your homes that's interested in services to a referral that's going to refer you out and they actually refer you out not just your phone number and email oh that's cool i like that i think that when you talk about sales and you talk about setting yourself apart i remember that was a big deal in the auto industry so we would um we incorporated video all the time like yeah. sending a sending a thank you video yeah. Um, can you, can you create uh, different videos? Like, could I have like a, thanks for com- Thanks for the meeting or something like that. Or yeah, I have a realtor that just signed up and she created one thank you pitch card and one, uh, referral pitch card. Oh, and cool. so, um, you can have as many pitch cards as you want. The way that we charge is 15 bucks a month to have a pitch card. There's no contracts, yeah. no startup fees. There's no, like I, we kind of took everything <laughs> that we hated about all the marketing and advertising spaces <laughs> 
and just did away with those and said, let's make this yeah. something that everybody can have. And so. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is it's like the whole kind of business world is kind of shifting. And so I actually had this realization the other day, um, because as a salesperson, it's really like when you talk about like building relationships, right? Like, um, what I feel like people have, have t- like, define that word now as more like yeah. strategic partnerships. Yeah. Like you need strategic partnerships to like advance in business, which is absolutely true. true. Um, yeah. Relationships though, take a long time. That's why I've always had that problem with like the word, the phrase relationship selling. I don't think like building relationships is bad, but like yeah. forming those partnerships can be pretty simple. And it, and it feels like now with pitch 59, um, you know, and video, especially like you can start creating really solid partnerships because, you know, when, when I, when, you know, when you don't have the video and when it's just me talking to somebody on the phone, uh, Hey, I have this partner, you should work with them. They're really great. It's like, eh, I trust Dalton, but I'm a little weary going into this, yeah. but if you can send like a video and that, that changes quite a bit. You're, you're absolutely right. People like to know who they're working with. I mean, yeah. can you imagine if you were, if you moved into a new, new town or a new city and, <laughs> Your wife is pregnant and you're looking for an OBGYN. Well, wouldn't yeah. it be nice for all those doctors to come to life and talk to you for 59 seconds about what's important to them and see if they, you guys make an emotional connection? People really do hire on emotion. We buy products that we like and we, we hire people that we know, like, and trust. And, like, we buy and hire things that make us feel good. That's what we do. The reason that, like, we buy cookies that make us feel good. <laughs> we don't buy cookies just that just taste good, but we buy things yeah. that make us feel good. And so... Yeah. Anyway, there's, we're all about it, like the emotional connection that people make in the professional world. And isn't it funny how we've kind of come full circle on that, by the way, it's like yeah. uh, social media kind of like took it from you just your community to now the world is a community, but then yeah. we've kind of brought it back full circle into like, <laughs> you yeah, know, now I, we're I, kind I, of focusing missed, back on that. I think we missed that community and that in, interpersonal connection. I mean, you yeah. think about COVID when nobody was doing like, even though we can still do Zoom and everything, it's still really nice to be able to do stuff in person, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the more human, the more personal we can make the world, I think the better the world will be. And and we get so tired of all the filters on Instagram and TikTok and that kind of stuff. <laughs> We're not building filters into Pitch 59. We want it to be legit. Like, if you've got freckles, like, own them. If you got a bad hair, it's just, it's okay. Yeah, it, yeah. And you know, what's, you know what's good about that, though? I think that's the real... I think that really builds self-confidence in my mind. Like when you, when you can own it and when you're okay with everything and people are drawn to that, people are drawn to confidence. You know what I mean? Like they're drawn to people who are comfortable in their own skin. And that's, I mean, I mean, that's what everybody strives to be. Right. And we're not perfect a hundred percent of the time, but when we get there, man, it's a beautiful thing when everybody's working together and, and when everybody's comfortable around each other. One of my favorite pitch cards to show off is a lady uh, down in Houston where I used to live. (laughs) that has purple and blue hair tattoos up and down her left arm and she sells commercial insurance to business owners. And when I showed, um, business owners, just like her headshot or her logo. And I I would say, would you hire this lady to be your commercial insurance agent? And the response I'd get from a lot of them is like, eh, I don't know. She doesn't look like a typical insurance agent. I'm expecting a suit and tie a like professionally dressed, whatever. Anyway, but then I said, okay, let's watch her pitch, and then I'm going to ask you the same question. So I yeah. we played a 59-second pitch, and then afterwards, and she is like the most down-to-earth, lovable, awesome lady. Like, she just connects on an emotional level. She understands the pain points of insurance and, like, how people are frustrated because they don't understand it and they get taken advantage of because of that. 
And anyway, she just resonates on so many different levels. And afterwards, after showing them the pitch, oftentimes those business owners will be like, hey, will you mi- would you mind just sharing me with that pitch card? I'd like to contact her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a cool experience to see that emotion, like those people connect. Yeah, when you actually, and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. I think that's great for salespeople because that's really like the, the thing with salespeople, like and what I teach if I train a sales company or like a sales team is like i'm like you know if you can get them on the phone or like if you can just get in front of them yeah you've got a better chance because we can connect with people that's why my company is called empathetic selling solutions is because like you can really build empathy you can really like build this connection when you're face to face with somebody it's really hard to do that anywhere else although it's possible um but it's just quicker it's just man yeah you know, it's easier and, and it's faster and it's more efficient. I feel like too. Absolutely. You, you I totally someone. agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And so when you're um, going through this, you teach people, I mean, do you have like, maybe do you have like some, some trainings or like some how to's on how to like how people can pitch themselves, like how the proper way to like set these pitch cards yeah. up. Yeah. So we give everybody several different options to do their video. One is built into the app and the website you can do your pitch right there and we've got a built-in teleprompter and pitch topics and then we've got pitch tips that you can read through and watch. Um, but then we recommend everybody have as good of a video as they possibly can. And so yeah. I, I recommend working with a videographer. If you can afford it, hire a videographer and help them have them help you make a great pitch to people that's really yeah. well done with good lighting, good sound, good everything, because that, that makes a difference. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I, I mean, we encourage everybody to do a great pitch. We also offer what's called a virtual video shoot where we'll do a 15 or 20 minute zoom interview with you. And then we take that video and we edit it down to 59 seconds and then uh, put background music on and stuff and make it look as professional as possible. That's a $149 option if you want to do that. But um, at the end of the day, we let everybody choose whatever type of the video they want. Just get a great pitch out there. The better the pitch you have, and there's no no such thing as a perfect pitch. So don't worry about like, always redoing it and always figuring it out. You need to have a good pitch that represents you well though. And so once you get that good pitch out there, then you can have everybody share it around for you. You can network with other people on it and it's a cool experience. Yeah, that's great. So what are some of the things you look for in a great pitch? Like when someone's pitching themselves. So most people, when they think of a pitch, they think, okay, I need to focus on what I do. I need to tell people what I do, right? So Mm -hmm. if I'm a realtor, the first thing that I immediately start saying is, I've been a realtor for 47 years and I help people buy and sell their real estate. And if you're looking for a home, like, I'm sorry, but that's what every realtor does. And so, well, we would tell you if you were, if you're looking to do your pitch is what makes you unique and different from, from everybody first and foremost. Yeah. And second, what are the pain points that your customers have? Like what, what does everybody hate about your industry? If you're a realtor, what do people not like about realtors or what do they not like about the home buying process? Mm. And then follow that up with what, how you take care of those issues. What do you do to solve those problems for those customers? But yeah. you've got to include some stuff that's unique. You, like if you're the purple blue haired insurance lady, like address the elephant in the room that you're like, you don't look like the typical insurance agent. And it's cool. Yeah. Like let it, yeah. own it like you were talking about. But yeah. then address the pain points that people have and and how you solve those those pain points for people. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of I don't know if you've ever read the book um, by Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. 
Uh, yeah, I, yes. I haven't read that. No, but okay, I know. okay, but you know what I'm talking about. So in yeah. the book, he talks about one. By the way, I think that's one of the best negotiation books out there. He he lays out. I mean, it's kind of like. Um, it's kind of exaggerated like he's an FBI hostage negotiator so all of his stories are like these crazy life and death ones and you're like right. okay but I'm okay but I'm negotiating like a $10,000 service <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean it's like it's not life and death I'm gonna go home after this and be fine right. so some of his things are, are a little exaggerated but he he goes over some really cool points that, that really work when you do them well and one of them is just kind of like what you were describing it which is um, he calls it the accusation audit which is like when you tell people like everything so like when i used to do this and when i when i sold cars or like even now um yeah. when when i know i've really got to like get somebody's trust and that is like how ah, you know what you know when i was selling cars is a good example i was like everybody hates car salesmen everybody thinks we're sleazy uh everybody thinks i'm about to steal your money uh i know all of that's true so if you give me 15 minutes or five minutes i'm going to show you why i'm a little different yeah. <laughs> and then hopefully we can move forward does that sound fair and people like when you bring out those things people are like yeah. All right, fine. I'll give yeah. you five minutes. <laughs> I, I think our world is trained to be to like want to look synthetic. They say that all you have to do to be a professional is be a hundred miles away from home and have a briefcase. <laughs> and but what what we're what we've been trained is like with websites and with all these listings and commercials and stuff is that we need to be as generic and fake as possible so that we can come across as professional. Sure. Well, guess what? That's not what resonates with every industry. Like most of the time, people resonate with people that think like them and that that have similar values, similar understandings. If yeah, absolutely. you can go out and highlight that that type of stuff and just let people know like you're a real human being. Mm -hmm. If I'm a family guy, I'm gonna own that I'm a family guy. And I'm gonna own that I have yeah. six kids and that I that I do all this stuff. And that's not gonna resonate with everybody, but it's gonna resonate with the people that I that are gonna want to work with me. Right. I love that because, uh, you know, you mentioned like communicating your values um, yeah. and that's just how we as consumers, like that's why we are drawn to certain companies like Cotopaxi here in Utah is a great example yeah. of that. Like they have amazing values and people are drawn to those values and that's why they can sell one of the most expensive backpacks on the market. I know. Not that, I know. Yeah. <laughs> not that it's like a bad thing to sell an expensive backpack. They do an amazing thing, but everybody's happy to do that because of their, yeah. because their values align. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that you mentioned that because it's so important to like help people. And then it's e even more important. And this is what's so frustrating. Like when I'm talking to businesses, right. It's like what you said at the end is like, you won't nail everybody. You won't get everybody with, the values that you share, but yeah. you'll get the people who want to work with you and who are willing to do business with you. Yeah. And that's so important. Well, and Simon Sinek in the book, uh, start with why he talks about how people buy what, uh, by why you do what you do, not what you do. Yep. And, um, they, they buy that motivation and that, that, <laughs> that determination and that passion that you have for whatever you do. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's really important that people don't like, people are always asking, can I watch other people's pitches and see how they do it? I'm like, sure, absolutely. But <laughs> don't tailor your pitch after somebody else because they're, they're a different person. They have different morals and values and, and, uh, um, motivations and everything. Like, yeah, your pitch needs to be uniquely you. So, yeah. And uniquely you. And then just like, yeah, I mean, people are going to resonate with you. I think all of the flaws and everything, and you get to see that in a video. And I think that's part of like, I think that's really important when you pitch yourself. I mean, because even yeah. with like, you even hear that with investors, like Simon Sinek's that, that phrase, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. That happens yeah. with like companies that happens with like people looking for funding, right? Like, 
you know, it's the old saying, like, don't bet on the horse, bet on the jockey kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's just what we do. Like, um, I'm not looking for a loan. I'm looking for somebody who can help me get a loan. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Every, everything stems from the need that we as human beings have to associate and, and like work with other human beings. Yeah. And so, like, we don't like the idea of just working with robots. We don't like the idea of just working with everything that's automated. We like to, the idea of working with people that actually care about our best interest. Yeah. And so, and robots don't care about your best interest. <laughs> yeah, they're just programmed to get the job done for the most yeah. part, right? At least, at least now. Although, I'll tell you, do you remember, it was a few years ago, when Google made, this is just a, an off thing, but when Google had that AI um, uh, calling software, where they had the they had done it for a hair salon. Do you remember watching this? I don't think I remember this. Oh my goodness, it was a crazy. So they they had like they're on Google, you can call for like business hours and things like that. Schedule yeah. appointments, and usually like when you go on Google and you schedule an appointment, it just pulls up a calendar and there are available times and you go and you're done. Um, yeah. but they had tested they had made this AI and they had tested that um they had tested this at a conference and basically they had someone call in and it wasn't a person that answered. It was an AI, but it didn't yeah. sound like a computer. Like we've all heard yeah. the ones like we've, we know it's in, when it's a computer on yeah. the phone, but this one didn't sound like a computer. And she was like, Hey, how can I help you? You know, this is whoever, how can I help you? And uh, yeah. she even did, you know, when we on the phone, sometimes when we're setting up an appointment and we go, all right, let me look at my calendar. Hold on. And, and we do that whole like, you know, she did that. Yeah, I still hear those. Things. Like I've I've been on the phone when they do that kind of stuff still. So I know that they've improved that. Yeah, too. It, it, it's fantastic technology. And honestly, like yeah. here's the thing, Dalton. We need that automation. We yeah. need that robotics and that kind of stuff. It just yeah. has its place. It's not for whether or not you want to work with a realtor or if you right. want to work with a specific insurance agent. Like yeah. that stuff has to be human. All the other stuff can be automated. And that's what's, what's awesome about the world that we live in is if your imagination <laughs> can create it, then it, there's a good chance that it can be created. Yeah. And the only reason I tell that story is like, man, they've gotten good. But, but it just goes to your point, And I'm glad you brought it up, which is like it, it, that stuff has its time and place, but it'll never replace like, it'll never replace like actual talking to a human being. Like, all, you know, there was a scare there for a while and it kind of comes up every now and then like AI is going to take like a salesperson's job. Like yeah. one of the big ones is like gong. I don't know. You are, I don't know if you're familiar with them, I but heard. they do. Yeah. They do like a lot of sales AI and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they just have so much data that they can really predict yeah. now, like what, what to do. But I'm always like, dude, I don't know. I, it, it won't happen for a long time because we just want that human connection. Like how many times do you call the DMV and you skip through all the things? Cause you just press zero so many times cause you just want to talk to a human. Like I just yeah. need to talk to somebody. <laughs> Correct. It, it, so I, let me give you one quick example of this. Um, so there's a book called biology and it's B U Y ology. And in it, he talks about like the psychology of why people buy and, and how they hire and stuff. But anyway, um, it was really interesting back in the 1970s, uh, there was a, a test that was done with Pepsi and Coke where they had a bunch of cups of Pepsi and Coke um, and they asked people to taste them and tell what their preference was. And I can't remember the exact percentages, but it was like 60 to 70% of the people that tasted those sodas preferred Pepsi, the taste of Pepsi over Coke. Yeah. And then what they did was they put the, the actual cans of Pepsi and Coke out there and asked people to taste them and then to give them their preferences. And that same audience flipped to where they preferred Coke when they saw the branding in the, in the, the can 
versus mm-hmm. Pepsi. And they're like, what in the world? People buy soda because of the taste, right? Not the case. People buy the experience of what they're like. They, they look for a specific <laughs> experience. And so they associated Coke sure. with like family reunions and boating trips and all, like all these nostalgic, good experiences that they'd had. And they were willing to sacrifice the taste for that experience that that product offered. And so we as human beings, we do that kind of stuff all the time with people, with, with businesses, with products, whatever it is. We buy on emotion. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Like, and what's, and what's crazier in my mind is the whole idea of nostalgia. Like, man, that's a powerful one. Right. But, um, and I heard, and I read this in a book and I, and I've looked it up, but like nostalgia is like, means like pain. Like it's like a longing. It's like this pain that we have for a place that we can't visit anymore, you know? And, uh, it's funny how that's what we use to judge like what we like, you know? Cause it's true for me. Like, that's why I like, I'll never live in my hometown again, but I, 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 every once in a while I get that nostalgic and I'm like, man, that'd be nice. And then I go, ah, but not really though. (laughs) (laughs) Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but it's those feelings. And when you tap into those feelings, it's like, it, it is, it is different. You know what I mean? That's, that's crazy. So, um, when you, you know, when, when somebody comes up and they're like, how to, you know, we we've gone over some of the aspects, but then like, you know, when you talk about how to pitch yourself, um, you know, it's what makes you unique. You know, you call out those pain points, you answer, answer questions. I mean, do you ever get into like kind of the psychology of like, uh, with people of like, you know, cause I would think like, if you're going to pitch yourself like that and you got 59 seconds, you would want to answer maybe some really specific questions. And I guess that's what you meant with like, um, you know, calling out what like pain points and things like that. But I'm curious, maybe a little bit deeper on that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, once again, I go back to the fact that there's no such thing as a perfect pitch. Okay. So like you can have two people that do phenomenal pitches that are completely different and they're going to resonate with different people in different ways. And Mm -hmm. so the, the, what we try to really push is you need to get people to resonate with your personality type and the person that you are. And so if you're a, if you're a very data analytical uh, computer science I'm a nerd, <laughs> then be that nerd and go out there and push it. Don't try to be the smooth talking salesman that, that is not that. And so like I have a brother that did a pitch card. His, um, he's a broker, uh, an investment broker down in St. George. And in his pitch, he talks about like what, what makes him good at his job. But then he, he said at the end, he's like, I'm brutally honest. I tell people the way it is and, and (laughs) that doesn't resonate with everybody, but it certainly resonates with the specific target audience that he wants to work with. And so at the end of the day, it's just be you, be real, be natural, and then address those pain points that customers have and how you address, how you resolve those pain points for them. I like that though, because, um, you know, when I'm talking about sales and, and I just see a lot of the correlations between like this and sales, right? Because, um, again, there's only like a few, like everybody try, everybody is so fascinated in the sales world with like closing and objections and like, how do I overcome all this? And I'm like, yeah, but that's like, there's like five. Yeah. There's only five. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's questions that generally happen, but like real objections, if they come up, you know, it's like money, time, got to talk to my partner, whoever. And then like, and maybe a couple of unique ones to your industry, but yeah, there's not a lot. You know, you know who the best salesmen are, are like your best friends, the people that endeared you to them, that make you want to be around them. 
Yeah. This, um, I, let me just tell you about an experience I had. I, I uh, bought a Subaru Legacy like six years ago, six or seven years ago. And um, it was when the new model had just come out. And I was looking for a Honda Accord. Or I was looking for a couple of other different types of cars. And I went and test drove a bunch of them, <laughs> met a lot of different salesmen. I found a, a Subaru that was cheaper down in Salt Lake. But then this, I, this um, dealer or this guy, this car salesman in Idaho Falls that uh, gave me a quote. And he was so cool. He was so down to earth, so non-pushy. And he was just like, yeah, I mean, whatever I can do to help you. If you want to take the car overnight, go ahead and take it overnight. And yeah. anyway, he was just the, the most laid back, easy. And I love working with those types of people. I ended up buying the car from him, even though it wasn't the cheapest car that I could have gotten. And maybe it wasn't the perfect car that I would. I just really liked the guy and I wanted to support yeah. him. So at the end of the day, I think I do that a lot with, with like yeah. fast food places. Like if they treat me really well and I like the people there, I'm going to go there more often, even if I don't love their food as much as some other place. Yeah. So. Well, and it just goes to prove a point like that. That's um, Amy Cuddy brought up in uh, her book presence, but the Harvard psychologist did us did a study on how we judge people. Yeah. And we judge people off of warmth and competence. Yeah. Um, so we try to answer two questions, right? Like, do they know and do they care? But we actually lean more towards warmth. Yeah. Versus, Seven. so we'll put up a little bit of the not, like, but what you're saying, like, not incompetence, but like, yeah. okay, it's a little, eh, it's not the best, or it's not like, he doesn't know, you know what I mean? And we'll put up with a little bit of that if, if they know, if we know that someone cares enough and they're, and they're willing to help us. Yeah. 70% of employers and consumers make hiring decisions based on personality, character, and potential versus just skill sets and credentials. Yeah. And so, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. So but, but what's crazy is like yeah. when businesses get applications, they, they compare everybody by, by their skill sets, right? By those, yeah. by those resumes and everything. Yeah. But then oftentimes when the person walks in the door within the first 30 seconds, you're like, they're not going to be a good fit. <laughs> or they might be great. Yeah. But how many people yeah. did they pass over that could have been fantastic oppor- or fantastic employees, but they just didn't have that one extra year of experience or they didn't have that specific degree that you yeah, were asking for. Man. They yeah. could have been the best employee ever. And so what we're trying to do with Pitch 59 with the resume pitch cards is, and this is what the universities are partnering with us now to, to get out to their students, is let's show off the human side of them too. In addition to their resume, the resume is yeah. important, but so is that personal soft side of them too. That you're yeah. interesting that the resume would come up, and it's funny because like in a in a field where like discrimination is a huge thing, and yeah. I'm only bringing this up because you remember like when they used to teach us about resumes, it was yeah. like don't put your picture on there, you yeah. know, like all this stuff, and it was like they still do that to some extent depending on where you're at, but yeah, yeah, but like why? But my whole thing, my it's just I'm on your side with that. It's like why wouldn't you just send a video? It's like I have always thought hiring is just so archaic. Like that's yeah. one of the fields that's just so, like right, in the past. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. dude, why I don't even like applying for jobs if I don't know anybody there. It's just because like I'm just yeah. sending you my resume and you're never going to call me. Piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually agree with the premise of not putting a picture, picture on resume because that allows for surface level discrimination where they can okay. just judge or, or make a decision based on a color or a gender or a, a, a race or whatever, an ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So we, but we are 100% in favor of allowing those people to come to life and talk to you because that's where that emotion can come through. That metaverbal and nonverbal communication is really important. Yeah. And I know, and I agree with you. I think like if you could have, if you, 
I mean, you would definitely lower the hiring pool. You would definitely put a cap in if you had to watch a bunch of videos, right? Um, yeah. It's just wild. I mean, I understand all of the pitfalls of HR and hiring too, because when you have 100 applicants, I mean, that's 100 minutes of things yeah. I got to watch, right? But like, then, but then wouldn't you be more intentional about who you put that who you put that application in front of right i think it would just create a lot more like intentionality in the hiring process say you spend 100 minutes going through people's resume pitch cards but how much in interview time is that going to save you how much i mean you're going to narrow that interviewing down to maybe two or three candidates that you know are going to be good qualified candidates because you've already checked out their resume and their personal pitch you're going to have a lot better idea it's it's amazing to see how like once you watch somebody's pitch, you're going to feel like you know them. And then when they come That's in true. for that interview, you're going to be like, okay, I, like I, I know who you are. I know what the way that you talk. I know the way that you present things. I know that you like, there's so much stuff that you already know about that person after watching their pitch. It's really cool. It, it is cool because it does work too. Like when I was um, looking at uh, jobs, I was in a, you know, I was looking for jobs. Um, I had, I had heard that you could, you should like find them on LinkedIn or find their email and send yeah. them a video, like a yeah. 60 second video, a, a yeah. pitch card. Right. Now you've and got they're, and they're actually everywhere. They're actually great. And I got a bunch of responses like, Oh wow, dude, this is crazy. I ended up like getting a job a different way, but um, it was just yeah. really cool that you could even get responses like where like they would never look at your resume, but they'd watch your video. And that's yeah. kind of the crazy thing about these podcasts too. People thought I was crazy. Like, um, doing long form interviews. And I was like, well, yeah, but like, we don't listen to a 30 second radio commercial, but they'll listen to an hour long conversation yeah, with somebody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if it's yeah. interesting and it keeps you engaged, yeah. you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's sick. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, absolutely right. It'll, and, it'll be interesting to see where we're at in a few years too, with the data that we've gathered and, and how we can help people with their pitches at that point. We're still a new startup, yeah. but it is in, encouraging and intriguing to see all these people create pitch cards and see it actually help them to land that job or land that customer or land whatever they're trying to. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if I'm a, like, I used to hire salespeople, like I would be in charge of hiring salespeople and and sometimes I do now and, or help people like craft sales interview questions. And I'm like, throw all the questions away. I don't care about your resume. Like if you come in and meet, because like if you, if I feel comfortable around you, um, then my customers are probably going to feel comfortable around you. You know what I mean? Think I represent you. Yeah. 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 Because like, it's not about like, I don't really care what you did. Like, that's why I love yeah. sales. Well, at least some sales tech sales in Utah is kind of funky. Like, they're yeah. all like bachelor's degrees and like 10 years yeah. of experience to be an SDR. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. homie, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah. can you talk to somebody and make them feel comfortable around you? You got right. the, the Then I'll yeah, teach you everything else you need to know. Interpersonal <laughs> skills. Yeah. Yeah. So soft skills, but it's just wild how we like, just uh, in the sales world, especially like I get it. If you're a lawyer or you're a doctor or you're something technical, but like in sales, man, yeah. just come and talk to me. Well, <laughs> even then, I mean, how often it wouldn't it be awesome if you had a doctor that had the skill sets, but also had like the understanding and cared about you as a human being. Like yeah, the those ones that ask a lot of questions and are very inquisitive and resolve your concerns before you go and meet with them. Like there, there are so many different use cases where just allowing people to come to life and talk to you for just one minute is amazing. It, it yeah. really helps to resolve a lot of concerns. I love that. Well, I, I thank you so much for your time. Um, and thank you so much for your wisdom in this, in this episode, tell everybody how they can get a hold of uh, pitch 59, maybe follow you if they want to do that. Uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, feel free to uh, look me up on LinkedIn. It's Jeff, uh, Jeff Bitten with Pitch59. Um, also, just go to pitch59.com. If you're interested in getting a pitch card, just create your pitch card there on Pitch59. Uh, just click on create a pitch card and it'll walk you through the experience and then download the app and let and then start networking people's pitch cards. Like uh, all these people that are creating pitch cards too, they can send you pitch cards and you can keep them in their pocket, in your pockets there. You can flip oh. over people's pitch cards and, and chat with them. You can search for people on pitch 59. There's a lot of different things you can do, but at the end of the day, what we encourage everybody to do is get your pitch card, whatever type of pitch card yeah. you need. We've got five different types of pitch cards right now and let it work for you and let it sell for you, whatever you do. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you so much, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dalton.